It's great to be here, and thank you very much, Rob, for inviting us. Um, Rob's suggestion was that I talked about joy, and that seemed like a good thing to do. So that's what I'm going to do. Just a few things. <clears throat> Every preacher has their little sort of habits and stuff. We were fortunate in, uh, in Bermondsey, where I come from, where we had a balcony. Um, and fortunately for us, all the youth used to sit up there and mimic what we were doing. So we learned fairly quickly <laughs> what our little intricacies were. And you realize you went like that rather a lot. <clears throat> but I do have one that annoys my wife intensely. And you need to know about. And that is when I'm preaching, because I'm not very good at reading, I tend to think in pictures, so I close my eyes. Now, this helps me a lot, partly because I'm slightly shy as well. So I close my eyes and I'm thinking, and it just allows God to speak to me. That helps me a lot. It will not help you in the least to close your eyes. <laughs> so it's not that I've suddenly drifted off and gone bored. It's uh, that I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say next. So let's pray and ask God to be with us again. <coughs> Father, we do thank you so much for your presence with us this morning. We thank you for the way that you've helped us exalt Jesus and hear truth from your throne. We just ask you now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill us with joy and teach us and help us to learn what the joy of the Lord is in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to look at, surprisingly at three things today. I was, going to, I was going to make it four, but the fourth one just came out as I was typing, and it just seemed so pretentious. I'll tell you what it is, but we won't go there. <laughs> We're going to look at the importance of joy. Is it going to come up? Because I need it to read. <laughs> the importance of joy. Oh, um, what is joy? Where do you find it? And the fourth one was joy, the missing gem of contemporary Western Christianity. <laughs> yeah, sounds, I thought it sounded so good. But then I thought, no, it looks just so pretentious up there. So <clears throat> we're going to look at the importance of joy. What is joy? Where do you find it? And how do you live in it? That's where we're going. The importance of joy. I'm just going to give you a few verses, many of which you know. So the first one is Nehemiah 8.10. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're feeling weak as Christians. We're feeling tired as Christians, feeling worn down as Christians. What we need is the joy of the Lord welling up within us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need the joy of God to enable us to persevere through this life. Life is not easy. Maybe for you, isn't for me. It's hard, it's tough, it doesn't always work out like you want it to, and what you need is the joy of God and the knowledge of the future joy of God to enable us to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, because there's more and more joy for us. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
the joy of God is a mark of the kingdom of God. Just as healing is, just as prophecy is, joy marks us out. It's part of what demonstrates that the kingdom of God is living within us. Galatians 5.22 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Joy should be growing within us because it is a fruit of the Spirit of God within us. It's the fruit of the divine nature growing up within us. <clears throat> and what time did you finish? We've, um, this, I, I drop in and out because it just gives you time to think about it. We, we came to a church recently. We've been, we've been, we had been three times. The first time we finished at quarter past 12, which seemed great. The next time we went, we finished at quarter to 12. The third time we went, the person leading the service goes, oh, we're going to finish on time today, half past 11. (laughs) And I still don't know what time they finish. Anyway, so the joy of the Lord is our strength. For the joy set before him, Jesus persevered. Joy is a mark of the kingdom and it is a fruit of the spirit. Now, the question is, what is joy? Now, this is where you're going to have to do some work because joy is incredibly personal. Wednesday night, <coughs> Leslie and I are sitting in our living room. I'm listening to, a re- to the radio. She's, listening, she's reading a book. I'm waiting for a man in black to blow his whistle. It's getting closer and closer. Leslie is not interested at all. When he finally blows his whistle, and we have won, (laughs) I played such a big part in this game, we had won 7-6. I was full of joy. Leslie was pretty much indifferent. (laughs) It gave her no real joy that Liverpool had just won. And it's a personal thing. What gives you joy? I was thinking about this uh, when I was thinking about the sermon. And uh, when you walk along the pavement, one of the things that I really like to see is sort of little bits of grass just pushing through the cracks in the pavement or pushing through the tarmac. And you think, yes, nature winning. And then I suddenly thought, but when I go home... And in my backyard, there's a piece of grass coming up between the slabs. I'm thinking, I'm out to get you. You are not coming here. This blade, one blade of grass gives me great joy. The other blade of grass gives me that fighting instinct, partly because I know I can beat it. <laughs> Who else gets pleasure from being able to beat a blade of grass? <laughs> so joy is incredibly personal. And I'm going to ask you a question, and then, because I'm enjoying myself, I will probably come and get answers from you. And the question is this, not what gives you joy, but the question is, what does joy feel like for you? What does joy feel like for you? You see... I'm just going to chat for a bit and then I'll give you some silence to think about it. When Rob goes, come on, let's celebrate, do some dancing. 
I just think, no way. <laughs> I hate dancing. I hate it. And sometimes you think the only way to really show you're enjoying Christianity is to dance. And I'm like, no way. And part of me is in danger of saying, I must be a really bad Christian because I don't like dancing. I must be so bad. And some people's joy can make you feel guilty because you think, well, I don't feel it like that. That's not me. And you just either feel guilty or you think it's irrelevant or you think, well, maybe I'm just a miserable git. (laughs) (laughs) Because, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Because how you feel joy is intensely personal. And the danger is, if I talk about joy for me, you will be thinking, well, this is irrelevant because it's not me. Or you'll be feeling guilty. You're thinking, well, I, don't, I obviously don't have joy. And you just won't relate it to you. So I'm going to give you just a minute or so to think, and I'm going to come and ask for the answer. Okay? What does joy feel like for you? I'll be back in a minute. Okay, there are at least two types of people in this room. There are those who are dying to tell me what joy feels like for them. (laughs) And then there are people like me who are just sliding down in the chair and are no way are they going to open their mouths. The sad thing for you is I don't know which you are. (laughs) So, is it small enough? So... Let's go, for the, let's go for the people that just like letting us know how they feel first. So who would like to say first what joy feels like? I'm really good at just pointing to people. Excellent. Yeah. Knowing that God's in control. Yeah. Yeah. Happy and relaxed. Yeah. 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 When you're going to say something, you can say it again now. Yeah, great. I'll repeat them. Um, A sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. What does joy feel like? No, 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 you can come up. You've got an answer. No, that's fine. That's fine. This is great. This isn't an exam. (laughs) Inspiring. Reckless. What? It's not going to help how, me, how is it? Are you going to <laughs> yeah. I was quite enjoying that. <laughs> uh, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when I'm swept up in something bigger than me. Oh, excellent. Swept up. Bigger than me. Swept up. This is a very quiet side. So I have to point to people now. I'm like a, a kind of piece, but with like a 
Yeah? A peaceful bubble. Butterflies for the rest of this. Great. Okay. One more over here. Oh, uh, two more. Go on, Les. I heard yours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, that sense of accomplishment and and rest. <clears throat> it's just interesting that we all feel slightly different things, and yet there are some commonalities between them. I've done I've done this in several places, and uh, I've pulled out four things that sort of people generally say. One is joy comes with a sense of peace. You feel joy and you feel peace with it. Secondly, a sense of wholeness and wellness that <clears throat> everything is going to be all right. That actually the hard thing that I've looked to accomplish, I have done it. I've done it. A sense of wholeness. And then the one that comes up so the two that come up is peace is very often. The other is energy and vitality. Joy actually inspires you to get things done. It, it provokes you. It pushes you. It, it, it is like that firework going off that suddenly you think, bang, that's it. I can do this. And then a sense of wellness. Actually... I am good. I feel good. I feel full of goodness. I feel well and whole. So it's peace, energy, a sense that everything is good, and a sense of wholeness. And I can accomplish. Accomplish anything I want to. Those are the common things of what it feels to feel joy. And one of the interesting things is that those sort of sum up the word blessed. You know the word blessed? It's the one that we use a lot, but we've no idea what it means. <laughs> you know, we, we, we pray for someone and we can't think of anything, so we say, we just bless you. And then we hope desperately they don't say, well, what do you mean? Because we don't. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but... I suspect most of us don't really know. We sort of, we sing, bless you, God, blessings and honor and glory and everything. And we think, I wonder what that means. The word blessing, when it's sort of about blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, it is this sense of peace and wholeness and energy and a sense that everything will be good. And so when we're praying blessing on people, we're praying for them to be full of peace full of energy, full of wholeness, and full of everything will feel good. That's what we're praying. And we're praying that joy will fill them. So next time you're praying, you've got an idea now of what you're praying. Where do you find this joy? Well, in the presence of God. 
up here. <laughs> if I'd been really good with my notes, I would have actually typed in where this comes from. Um, it's Psalms. <laughs> I just... and when I say I'm not good at words, um, it's like when I typed this out, there was Psalm such and such there, I'm sure. But that's just because I imagined it. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered when in my mid sort of 30s or late 30s that the reason I got so many of my exam questions wrong was because I probably actually just wrote the answer to the question I wanted to write, which is the one I read on the paper on the paper. I discovered this when I read a book. And uh, I was talking to a mate of mine. I said, I just read this book. It's really good. And he said, what do you think about the arguments in the book? And I said, oh, I thought they were really good. He said, well, what about the arguments about Jesus? I said, I thought he proved Jesus was the son of God really well. The guy goes to me, actually, Dave, he argues that Jesus isn't the son of God. <laughs> and I said, oh, I missed that. <laughs> and he said, that was the whole point of the book. So I went back and I read what was actually on the page. And he's quite right. But I just decided that the book was there to prove that Jesus was God. So that's the bit that I read. <laughs> I discovered that I read a lot of things, just what I thought should be on the page rather than what was actually on the page. So anyway, that's what I was, that's what I was rattling away for. Psalm 16. <laughs> There's always a purpose. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Excellent. You make known to me the path of life and you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Where do we find joy? In the presence of God. That's where joy is. And why is it there? Think about it. God is at peace. He's at peace with himself. He holds justice and mercy together in a way that we find difficult. He holds righteousness and holiness. And yet he can hold us who are, who are so full of everything else. And he holds it together. God is at peace with himself. And when we come into his presence, we come to a God who is at peace with himself. We have a God who is well. He's never ill. He's never tired. He's never grumpy. He's never fed up with us. Yes, he wants to spur us on. He wants to change us day by day. But he himself is well. We have a God who is full of energy, full of life, full of vitality, full of creativity, always doing new things. We have a God who is in control. And he looks at the universe. He knows it's running to his order. He has determined the path of the stars. He has determined where the sea is going to end on the earth. He's determined our days. We have a God who is, control, is in control. So we have a God who is full of joy and life and energy. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, Rob was talking about prayer and sitting in the presence of God. You want joy. Sit in the presence of God. Find that quiet place where you can just sit. Say, God, I want to draw near to you. 
Because as I draw near to you, joy will fill me. Joy will come to me. The frustrations of life, the filth of the day, the problems I have, they won't disappear. But joy will fill. And you will know peace. You will know God's speaking to you, giving you initiative and energy and good and light and vitality to overcome and to persevere. Psalm 30 verse 1 is the next one. <clears throat> You've turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. As I said, God's still got a little way to go with me in terms of the joyful dancing. I can do miserable dancing. I can do out of sync dancing. I can do really, I'm gritting my teeth and trying to move my body in tune with this music dancing. Um, I had a friend who used to say to me, Dave, the reason you don't dance is you're too shy. You just, you refuse to dance. And then one day it happened to be his wife was on the leading the worship and she got us clapping, moving our feet and singing simultaneously. And, you know, I tried, I tried. And then out the corner of my eye, I could see my friend just doubled up in laughter. So I went over to him and worship, I said, what, what is so funny? And he just said, you really can't do it, can you? <laughs> you really can't. But God has forgiven us our sin. God has lifted our shame off us. God has poured new life into us. He has awakened our spirit. He's given us an eternal hope. God has taken away all the stuff that could, be, could make us miserable. And he has put on clothes of joy. Clothes that fill us with peace, vitality, a sense of fun. God has clothed us. In Psalm 97, 11, it says, Light and joy, and joy shine on the righteous. Isaiah 35, 10, everlasting joy will be on our heads. We are a people that are full of joy. Galatians 5.22. It's <clears throat> the next one, I think. Hopefully. No? Which is the fruit of the Spirit. Again, how do we get joy? We just let the fruit grow within us. We just let it grow. We um, were given a tree. <clears throat> we have a very small backyard, but we were given a little tree um, a couple of years ago. And... Uh, my wife planted it and she watered it and looked after it. And then I think we just got bored a bit. There was a left in the pot. And so just before Christmas this year, we looked at the tree and thought, well, that's the end of that one. <laughs> it was a nice present, but it's gone. But lo and behold, as the sun has come out, it's got leaves on it. We've done nothing, literally. Nothing. It's just sat in the pot and the leaves have grown. That fruit of the Spirit 
growing within us that will fill us with joy. How else do we get it? We contemplate the works of God. Psalm 126 verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. It's a great thing to be able to look and think, what has God actually done for me? What has he done for me? And say, I'm not great with words, so there's no way I'm going to keep a journal. I've tried it. When I was a kid, I tried it. When you were a kid, you used to get um, a thing called a paper diary. It was sort of covered, and it had the year printed on the outside of it, and then there were bits of paper on the inside. And uh, you were given a pen, and uh, the idea was you kept this diary in terms of what happened to you. And uh, mine basically went January the 1st, did not do much. January the 2nd, still did not do much. Then it jumped to January the 5th, did not do much. And then at the end of the year, I could look back through this diary and discover for three days in that year, I did not do much. (laughs) The rest of the year, I did nothing worth recording. (laughs) But we forget so easily. We can remember the great things, our forgiveness. Some of us can remember the day we got converted. Some of us, it's a much slower process. How many people here, I just want you to put your hands up, know that they've been sick, someone's prayed for you, or you have prayed, and God has healed you? Just have a look around at how many people in this room God has healed. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. God has done it. Okay? How many people here know they've needed money, they've prayed, and God has provided? It's a lot, isn't it? How many people know that they've prepared a meal There's not been enough. Other people have turned up and God has multiplied that meal. Have a look. Have a look. Have a look. Feeding of the 5,000. Look in this room how many people have seen that miracle. You know, the funny thing is, (coughs) I mean, no no one ever asks you that question, do they? How many, how many people is that the first time that question has been asked of them? But we, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 appears in all four Gospels. It's the only miracle that's in all four of them. And we are all genuinely staggered by it. But a lot of people in, that room, in this room have seen that miracle. God has been doing amazing things. Now, I know I said 
that everybody feels joy differently. But there is genuinely sometimes an expression of people that shows that they are excited or have some joy about them. So when I say something like, isn't it amazing that so many people in this room have seen the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000? I sort of expected a bit more of a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is amazing. Or maybe you're so used to it, you, you just think it happens. And every day you get your sausage and you cook it and you say, okay, potato, sausage, and everything else is going to appear from this sausage as I cut it. Maybe you're used to that. But God has done amazing things for each and every one of us. And by thinking about it, it fills us with joy. Last one. <clears throat> Answered prayer. John 16, 23, 24. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. <clears throat> I've got a sneaky suspicion that most of us don't go to the prayer meeting thinking the great thing about this prayer meeting is that for the rest of the week and the rest of the month, I'm going to be filled with joy as I receive the answers to the prayers. And that the prayer meeting can be um, a real, um, oh, gosh, I can see everything but the word. Pardon? My yes. <laughs> can be a real push on giving you joy for the rest of the month prayer meeting can do that but to do but to receive the joy of answered prayer you have to do four very simple things one you have to pray it's it's a simple one but you will be amazed how many other people other than you forget that one we're looking for answers to pray but then we forget to pray and then we can't understand why we don't get the answer and we don't quite work it out. I never asked. God, I want the answer for this. Um, oh, he want me to ask for it? He wants to involve us in the process. So you have to pray. You have to be specific. You see, you can pray, God, I want some money. And you find a 2p coin on the pavement. Well, yeah, I've got some money, God. <laughs> but if you pray, God, I need 50 quid for this, and the 50 quid come, aren't you filled with joy? You need that specific element so that you know you've received the answer. You maybe need to start small. Asking for the things that you have faith for. And then letting your faith grow and mature and become stronger. And asking for bigger and bigger and bigger things. And you need to persevere. <clears throat> um, I took a phone call once. It's a friend of mine. She phoned up. 
And uh, he just said, Dave, I've become a Christian. And normally I would celebrate, but I've been praying for her for eight years. So my, my response was, why is it taking you so long? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I've been praying for you for eight years. But it, it is, and horrible though it is to say, there are people that I've been praying for for 30, 40 years now. Still waiting. Still believing. Still persevering. So to receive the joy of asking and receiving, you need to pray. You need to be specific. You may need to start small, and you will need to persevere. Joy is important. It's a mark of the kingdom. It's a fruit of the spirit. It'll enable us to persevere. Because tomorrow morning, many of you will be going to work. Bank holiday Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just retracting what I was going to say then. (laughs) Tuesday morning, many of you will be going to work. Some of you may be going to work tonight even. You'll be taking your kids to school. And how would you feel? How do you feel about going there? Someone says, what sort of weekend did you have? And you say, we had a great time at church in worship. Some Wally talked to us for a while. We had a great time in worship. We met with God. A lot of us in the world feel very embattled. We feel we live in a world that has rejected the Christian message. And we feel embattled. We feel impoverished because we don't know the answers to their questions. We're worried in case they ask us to explain, well, if your God's so good, why is there suffering? If your God's so good, Why is he so opposed to this and this and this and this? We feel intimidated. Our gospel is so simple. Our good news is so simple. And the world seems to want so many complicated answers. And we feel very, very uncertain of the good news that we have. And one of the answers to this is go to the world full of the joy of God. Full of that sense of peace. Full of that sense of vitality. And we have something to offer God. That sense that the good news we have is good news for everybody. There is no one that the good news of Jesus can't answer their questions. And as people that are full of the joy of God. Full of his strength. Full of the joy that gives us perseverance. Full of the joy that is a mark of our kingdom. Full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 51 verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. 
goes on to say, and make me willing to obey you. The Apostle Paul writes, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This joy is not just a selfish joy so that we can feel good. It is a joy that gives us confident hope through the power of the Spirit so that we can overflow to the world around us. Let's just stand. I'd like to pray. Father, we do thank you that you are a God so full of joy. We thank you that at your right hand is fullness of joy, the completeness, total, absolute joy. We do want to ask you, Father, that you will come again and fill us with more of your joy. Let your fruit grow abundantly within us, that we might be a people full of the joy of God, full of your peace, full of your wholeness, full of your wellness, full of your sense of accomplishment, full of a God who is in control and loves us, is kind to us, is good to us, so that we will be a people walking this world full of joy, not just happiness, not just little portions of um, exuberant joy, but deep-seated, inspiring, motivating, persevering joy within us. Come, Lord Jesus.